0: Good evening, I'm Dr. Stephen Tan, Senior Pastor of Grace Christian Church. I want to welcome you and your family this Christmas as you join us in our first ever virtual candlelight service. You know, every year this time, we gather as a church community of all ages to worship our Lord, sing praises to His name, and celebrate the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ, as a babe born in Bethlehem, who has brought salvation and hope to this hopeless world. And although we are unable to physically come together this year, how wonderful that we can virtually gather with family and friends in homes across the Philippines and around the world to worship the newborn King, Jesus Christ. So I want to invite you to worship with us. Don't just watch. Participate by singing with the virtual choir and lighting your candles at home, representing the light of Christ when prompted. Many of these songs are songs you know well. They are beloved Christmas carols and hymns which clearly and boldly proclaim, Emmanuel, God with us in the person of Jesus Christ. So sing loudly because I want to hear you all the way here at the church. If your neighbor complains, just tell them it's your Christmas karaoke time and they are welcome to join us. So again, welcome as we worship our Lord together. A reading from the prophet Isaiah. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Let us worship our Lord Jesus Christ.
1: Light of the world You step down into darkness Open my eyes Help me see Beauty that made this heart adore You Hope of the life
2: of all kings, so, so highly exalted, glorious and heaven above. Humbly you came to the earth you created, all for love's sake became poor. Here I am to
3: absence of light, there is but darkness. To be in darkness invokes feelings of sadness, loneliness, lostness, uncertainty, or mystery. Life in this dark world is a life without joy, a lack of peace, an absence of purpose, a life devoid of hope, and moving toward an unknown path. What hope can there be when the world seems so dark?
4: While darkness often paints a picture of void or despair, it can also signify a season of anticipation perhaps a time of preparation for something new and something better that soon will come just as each dark night anticipates the coming of a bright new morning
3: so it was more than two thousand years ago on one seemingly uneventful night in bethlehem amidst the darkness silence and calm came God's appointed time for a new beginning. That night in a manger, a baby lay which will change the course of history and pave the way for eternal life.
4: It was the birth of the promised Savior. The Christ child was born. God's expression of His great love for mankind came down from heaven to earth to meet man's greatest need, to save us from our sins, to mend our broken soul, to give us true joy, lasting peace, and genuine hope. It was a night like no other, as the heavens rejoiced and hearts were made glad, for the Savior has come.
1: are brightly shining it is the night of the dear Savior's birth long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its word a thrill of the weary world rejoices, For yonder blades a new and glorious morn. Bye. Break for the slave is our brother, and in his name all oppression shall cease. Sweet hymns of joy and grateful chorus raise we. Let i
2: All calm and all is bright Everywhere but in your heart tonight They're singing carols of joy and peace But you feel too far gone and too far away
3: light shines in the darkness and the light pierces the darkness. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness but will have the light of life.
4: Once and for all the darkness and hopelessness brought about by sin were overcome. Death has been defeated for God's love through His Son, Jesus, conquered all.
3: And this light of life has been made available to those who believe and follow the source of light, Jesus Christ. There is now joy in the midst of sorrow and hope in the midst of suffering. God has given mankind a reason to celebrate.
4: Celebration indeed, for the light of the world has come, the Savior, who was promised, let us behold the Messiah who has come, rejoice in his glorious love for us, and proclaim to the world that his name is Jesus.
0: the son, when he was about six or seven years old, loved to come to our bedroom. Why? Because that's where the television was. That's where the DVD player and the computer were. So as a little child, he would often wake up early in the morning while Cindy and I were still asleep in bed. And he would knock on the door and say, this is Andrew Kyle Tam, as if we didn't know who he was, to identify himself. May I come in? Then we would hear our helper tell him, Andrew, Daddy and mommy are still sleeping. You can't go inside their room. But you know, Andrew isn't easily dissuaded. Andrew will squat down and look at the gap between the door and the floor. And he would exclaim, Daddy and mommy are not asleep. I see light. And he was, he was seeing the bathroom light we usually left on. And he would continue knocking on our door until one of us would have to get up and open the door. Little Andrew equated light to mean that his parents were alive and awake, and we're so happy today as a teenager, he doesn't do that anymore, although now we are the ones who are waking him up. But you know, in many ways, Andrew wasn't far off from a great theological truth, because interestingly enough, Jesus makes a similar revelation about himself in John chapter 8, verse 12. Let me read from John chapter 8, verse 12. It says this, Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Jesus equated light and life, and he proclaims that he is the light of the world. But you know, there's so many so-called lights out there. Which one really works? I want you to think about three aspects of light. And as you think about that, I want you to see how Jesus fulfills his own statement where he says, I am the light of the world. First of all, when we talk about light, we need to make sure it's the right type. It's the right one. Why is there a need for a light of the world? Because the world prior to Jesus coming to save us was a very dark place, a place of evil and sin, a place without hope. And because the penalty of sin is death, and there was no one on earth who could pay the price of that penalty of sin, then the world indeed was hopeless, it was dark. But as the light of the world, Jesus is the only sacrifice that would satisfy God's wrath on sin, and He alone could pay the price for the sins of the world, the second person of the triune Godhead, Jesus Christ. He was the only light that could fix the darkness of this world. He is the only one that could save. You see, the only remedy to the darkness problem of this world is Jesus Christ. You see, you can't go into a dark room and proclaim, you know, I've got lots of money. I hope the money will fix the darkness problem. Money does not bring light. You can't go into a dark room and say, you know what, I've got lots of advanced degrees. I've got a doctorate, your pedigree, your profession won't somehow fix the darkness problem. You can say, you know, I'm a really good person. I've done a lot of good works. And you can yell all you want to that darkness, and the darkness won't be solved because of your good works. The only way the darkness problem can be solved is through light. And here Jesus says, I am the light of the world. I will dispel the darkness of sin. And you need a Savior to do that and that is the person of Jesus Christ. Notice the preposition used in this verse here. He says, I am the light. He's not merely a light. He's not merely another light amongst many lights. He is the only light, the true light for the entire world. And so when Jesus says, whosoever believes in me, whosoever follows me, he means that one who trusts in him will no longer walk in darkness. He shall have the light of life. In this, Jesus was speaking about salvation because He came to die for each and every one of us to pay the penalty to bring us light. You may need to pay for the candles that you buy for your home or the batteries that run your flashlight. A price needs to be paid for light. In the same way, Jesus paid the price of sin, so that He can bring light into your life. In The Lord of the Rings by J.R.R. Tolkien, there is an incident where each of the participants of a journey are given an object. The main character is called Frodo Baggins. He's a hobbit. He's the hero. And he was given the light of Eandriel. When given this by the elves, it was said of the giver, may it be a light to you in dark places when all other lights go out. Tolkien was a believer. He was a Christian. And I believe he understood this concept of Christ being the light of the world. And so he would easily be able to write or say, may Christ be a light to you in dark places when all other lights go out. You see, there is a deficiency in all other religions. There is a deficiency and using good works to achieve your salvation. All the other lights will go out, but Christ is the only light that will dispel the darkness all the time. What encouragement to us as believers and as those who are listening to His Word when we are reminded that the solution to the darkness problem of this world is through Christ. He has saved us from the darkness of our sins on the cross to remove us from our path towards darkness to bring us to life. Here's the second thing about light that you and I need to consider. Yes, a light may solve the darkness problem, but a light is useless if it's pointing in the wrong direction, if it's highlighting the wrong thing, right? If the spotlight wasn't on me but on something else, then the light would be useless. And if you're in a dark place, and you're looking for an exit, and the light is pointing to a a random place, then it's of no use. You need the light pointing to the way of escape. You need that light pointing to the way of exit. And the one who is holding the light is the one who is controlling the light. And the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ says, I am the light of the world. He's the one that's pointing the light in the right direction. And Jesus says, I am the light of life. He's pointing to the door marked life, eternal life, salvation for you and for me. He is telling you that if you follow this light, it will bring you to life, life eternal, life abundant. I remember the story of one of the smartest men that ever lived on earth. His name is Albert Einstein, the inventor of many things. He was once on a train, and everyone on the train recognized him. And they knew who he was. He has that distinctly messy hair. Anyway, prior to the train leaving the station, the conductor made his routine inspection to ensure that each passenger had their ticket. The conductor noticed Einstein fumbling through his things in his pockets and through his papers. When the conductor reached him, Einstein admitted that he had lost his ticket and he couldn't remember his stop. The conductor said, it's no problem, Mr. Einstein. We know who you are. Einstein responded, yes, I know who I am also, but I don't know where I'm getting off because it's written in my ticket. So many people are like Einstein in this story. We believe we're so smart. We're on the train called life. But we don't know where we're going. We're not sure if we're going to heaven or we're going to hell, let alone knowing God's purpose in our life. And so often in this world, we're looking for someone to give us direction, someone who can direct our path. It is in these uncertain times where we can bring ourselves to the light of Jesus who points us to life. If you're looking for purpose, if you're looking for a goal, if you are aimlessly floating, looking for settlement in your heart, let me encourage you to follow the light of life called Jesus. Jesus says, If you follow me, I'll point you to life, I'll direct you to life abundant. The third thing we need to understand about a light is that that light always has to work perfectly. Right? When you need the light, you want it to work always. If there is a brownout, a blackout, you wanna make sure that your flashlight still works. A light is useless if it doesn't shine very bright or it doesn't work. And sometimes we have to understand that the brightness depends on the product. It's of no use if it's dim or doesn't turn on. I recently bought a light ring uh, from China through Amazon, it was like $5 or about 250 pesos. And it's true, you get what you pay for. The first time I used it, it was great. It was bright. It lit up my face. The second time I used it, it was just like decorative lights. It didn't brighten anything. If you're going to follow a light source, you need to make sure that that light source works. You need to make sure that that product, the source of the light is good. Yes, it may be the type of light you need, It may point you into the right direction, but does it always work, and does it always work perfectly? Well, the source of the light we follow is the light of Christ. You don't have to worry about the light source if that light source is named Jesus. The Bible says He's the source of life. In fact, John chapter 1 verse 4 says this, in Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The Bible tells us Jesus Christ can give you and me eternal life because He is a sustainer of life. He is the source of all life. He breeds life into all things that He has created. In fact, He holds our life in His hands. And the gift He gives each one of us each day is that He gives us life. Literally, if He wants to take your life and snuff it out, He can at any moment. I'm reminded of a story of a merchant who wanted to determine which of his two sons was more worthy of inheriting his property. He gave each a coin and said, buy with this money something that will fill this house. The elder son hurried to the marketplace where he learned that the cheapest and the bulkiest thing he could buy was straw. He spent his coin to buy straw and it wasn't even enough to cover the floor. The youngest son, perceiving that His father had entrusted him with a commission that he should execute using his brain, deliberated, and finally spent his coin on candles. He took those candles home and lit them, one in each room, and the light that emanated from the candle filled the house. The father examined what the two sons had bought, and to the younger one he said, "'To you I give over my business.'" you have shown true wisdom. The light of Christ always works because it always fills every component and compartment in our life. He fills each person's void. He fills each person's insecurities. He fills each person's inabilities. We can try to buy physical things to fill up our lives, but you and I know that at the end of the day, material things don't. Really fill the void of our life. It's useless like the straw in the story. But we need the light of Jesus to fill the entire area of our life. And the wonderful thing is, this product called Jesus is a light that will never go out because it doesn't depend on oil to burn, it doesn't depend on fresh batteries to run, and it doesn't have to worry about bills paid to the electric company. The light of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, God Himself, is self sustaining. It isn't dependent on anything else. In fact, the price has been paid in full on the cross. That's why Jesus is the light of life, He says. It's me, eternal, unquenchable source of God's enabling power through His Son in our life. And so on Christmas time, we celebrate the light of the world. It's the only light you need because it is the remedy for our sin problem. It points to what we need in life. It points to life. And it always works perfectly every time for all people. My friends, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, if you don't know this light of the world, I hope that you will come to know Him one day. We would love to talk to you about Jesus Christ, the light of the world. And if you know Him as your personal Savior, if you are in relationship with Him, knowing that He is the light of the world, I hope will encourage you to embrace Him more. I hope you will love Him more and draw more intimately close to Him, the one who is your source of strength. I think Edith Wharton puts it best. There are two ways to spread light, to be the candle or the mirror that reflects it. We are not the candle that is Christ. We therefore are the mirror. So go and reflect Christ's light to the rest of the world in how you live and in how you speak. You reflect Jesus Christ if you know him. Let the world see the light of the world through your life. May God challenge you and bless you this Christmas. And so it was that while they were still there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. is the gift we bring as we come to meet him at the manger this Christmas Eve. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, in this Christmas season, we are reminded through your Word and in these songs how Jesus Christ, light of the world, has come and pierced the darkness of our hopeless world to bring to us salvation, joy, hope, purpose, and eternal life. May our hearts be challenged to draw closer and to know you more intimately, Lord Jesus, and to live for your glory. May those who don't know you personally come to accept your most wonderful free gift this Christmas, the gift of salvation through your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for each one of us. We love you, Lord, and pray that you would help us transform our lives to be more Christ-like in words and in action, and by doing so, to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ to the world. It is in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now let me leave you with a Christmas benediction. May you be filled with the wonder of Mary, the obedience of Joseph, the joy of the angels, the eagerness of the shepherds, the determination of the magi, and the peace of the Christ child. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. And I would like, on behalf of our church family, to all of you, a very Merry Christmas, for Jesus Christ has come, Emmanuel. Indeed, there is joy today, joy to the world, the Lord has come.